Welcome back to the Wrath of Khan Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and discuss Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan one grieving minute at a time. I'm David Stoker. And I'm Chris LaSalle. Welcome back, Chris. Uh, happy to be back, Dave. Yes, I'm happy to be back as well. So we are joined uh, once again by Scott and Nick from Dueling Genre Productions and Back to the Future Minute. Uh, welcome, Scott and Nick. Thanks for having us. Hello. And we are going to move on to minute number 98. And this minute starts with Kirk approaching the reactor room glass. And this minute ends with Spock saying, Don't grieve, Admiral. Mm. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) These minutes, man. Yeah. Still still sticking with official titles, even to the end. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. It's... Not, it's not Jim. Yeah, I, no. I don't know if I, I don't know if I love if I love that or I hate it. You know, it's mm. one of those things like oh, it's. But I think it, I think it fits. It totally fits his Fox character. Of course, uh, he's going to call him. Well, this, uh, well, this whole Jimmy, minute, Jimmy, Jim, Jimbo, Jim. Yeah. Well, this, well, this whole minute <laughs> is 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 him being the perfect, you know, the soldier. He he even stands up and he fixes his coat and he brushes himself down and he's presenting himself for the admiral and yeah, he's he still can't embrace that I guess that human side of him that he's got to be the Vulcan through and through. Well, okay, there's a couple of things going on I think with that because one he's on the clock. So True. You know, at, at at any given moment, you know, like he, Spock is nothing if not professional. Um, and so he's on the clock. So he is going to refer to him as as Admiral, not Jim, because he he refers to him as Jim off the clock. Right. Like when yeah. he visits him in his quarters and stuff. Sure. Mm. Occasionally. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to think, does he ever on the clock refer to he, him as Jim? He may. He, 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 does. he did in this, yeah. He did in yeah. this, and we we kind of poked fun at it a little bit because it was yeah. very out of place mm. uh, when they went down to the regular space station. He's like, "Jim, be careful." Yeah. Like, oh right. Yeah, we will. We will. <laughs> right. You know when he, you know when he for um, sure calls him Jim is when he's talking to Chris Pinekirk on that ice planet. Oh right, that's true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's I true. guess because he was like, I don't know what official title to defer to, so I'm just I'm just gonna call you Jim. Right, you a cadet? <laughs> Who are you? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> he's like, actually, I'm nothing. I, I think I think I'm just I'm like an exile. I don't know yeah. what what's the what's the title of an exile? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the other thing though that I think is going on, and this is the really sad part, is that Spock, you're 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 saying like, yeah, he's he isn't even allowing himself to be human in this moment. That's because he's afraid. Oh, I, he, he's, oh yeah, he's, yeah. I definitely he's, agree. Yes. Yeah, he's turning that off on purpose because to deal with that is like it, it's too much. And so I think he's relying on his Vulcan side to get him through this moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, exactly. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I just maybe a little peace inside of me wishes – he might embrace a little bit of that human side in the last moments. Well, but I think he, he's, I, he's about to drop the f bomb. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty unVulcan. It's a pretty unVulcan thing to do. Yes, and I'm obviously setting us up for the next minute because of, of what he says. Yeah, but um, yeah. Um, I, well, I think I think 
if I think any human, if they had the ability to just like, oh, like I'm about to die, let me go ahead and switch off uh, a part of myself. If I had that ability, I mean, yeah, I would do. I, I would, I would argue that hiding behind his Vulcan side is probably the most human thing he could do in this situation. Right. Because sure, it's, sir, yeah, it's it's emotionally complex in a way that Vulcans aren't meant to be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But uh, yeah. So okay, so so we're about to. So this is super. Uh, I mean, and, and this is pure curiosity on my part. But um, you know, there there's all kinds of fascinating uh, bits of information about how Leonard Nimoy, Leonard Nimoy's idea of like Vulcan tradition and Vulcan philosophy and what spirituality was influenced by like Buddhism and like Eastern practices and whatnot. And so like, you know, the Buddhists have very, um, and you know, and and lots of different Eastern philosophies have very specific, um, traditions and mindsets when it comes to the process of death. And I guess, is there any like canon, sources of like how what Vulcans do at like at like the time of death mm, that's a good question that is a good question that is a great that's a great question I would guess whatever there is Nick it's based on this scene here <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. it's it, yeah you could definitely see how they oh yes this is they all they you know straighten themselves up and they you know uh well of course it, it comes in the um I don't know how often the the remember um, comes into play. That's uh, that's never fully explained. I don't think is is how yeah. frequently that happens. No. Um, although it don't can happen. Let McCoy die. <laughs> yeah, very important. Oh my god, <laughs> that would have been hilarious if that was a line he delivered. <laughs> One more thing. <laughs> um. The I, I had I just I found I, I just there's a there's a moment here this the straightening of the jacket uh, there's a couple things um, uh, read about um, an interview with Leonard Nimoy about uh, about that about that moment of of him straightening the jacket and did Nicholas Meyer you know tell him to do that or was that more improvised and it sounded like it was a, it was a an improv imp, improv uh, that he did. Um, but that some of the folks in the studio were concerned about it because in the initial screenings, we think we talked about that, you know, last minute. Um, there's a little bit. This got a little bit of a laugh, um, and uh, oh, really? And so, uh, but but yeah, and but Nemo had a really good uh, answer to it. He's like, he goes, you know, that laughter is more of a nervous laughter because um, there's really two kinds of reactions here. There's you know some people that believe. The worst is already over; that he's okay, and that it's a mistake, um, and that you know that that's what this laughter is. They're like, "Oh, okay, it's going to be all right." Um, and they said, on the other hand, he goes, "I think there are a lot of people that are very moved by Spock straightening his jacket mm. because it's the other. You know, he's on his way to die, and he wants to be in proper shape for it. He wants to be orderly about it." And uh, I think it, I think that just br- brilliantly captures you know kind of both sides of the uh, of that moment. Oh yeah, and you know, and you you want to talk about human, you know, human reactions to death. I mean, there's nothing mm-hmm. more human than laughing nervously at like inappropriate times. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Uh, other- so I, I I talked about this a little bit uh, yesterday. I hinted at that I wanted to talk about this, um, the the screenwriting uh, bit of this, which is that. 
what what I what I find so interesting, and I think the reason that Wrath of Khan is sort of you know looked at so highly by by Trekkies and and that you know we we see this movie as sort of like the perfect version of Star Trek, like for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always going to be Star Trek hipsters that are like you know oh, original series or bust, but you know. <laughs> Um, the, but the thing, but the thing about this movie that makes it, I think so great is, okay. So there's, there's this whole thing and, you know, I, I teach a screenwriting class. And so we talk about the hero's journey quite a bit. And in this case, what I think is interesting is that there's a moment in, you know, with the hero's journey, you have, you have a hero who wants something. And in this case, the thing that Kirk wants is to be galloping across the cosmos again. He wants to be young again. He wants to be a captain and go on adventures again. Yeah. And Shoot down ladders as fast and as recklessly as he wants to. <laughs> right. right, right, right. And so in this in this uh in the in the previous minute, we had the sort of end of that adventure, right? He got what he wanted, which was that he got to fight a bad guy and he got to win and it was a big adventure. And yeah, I mean, you could argue, you know, lots of bad stuff happened throughout the course of this adventure. People lost mm. their lives, but nothing's different about that than any normal episode of Star Trek, right? I mean, they're red shirts for a reason. Yep. And so what happens here though, and the reason that this is so different and so special as like the ultimate Star Trek adventure is because he doesn't just get what he wants, he also pays a heavy price for it. And the heavy price is losing Spock. Right, yes. And so I I just, I love that, you know, Star Trek being what it is, and this, this story really, you know, other than the actual... Um, the actual like arc of the story being that he's he's an admiral and he wants to be a captain again it really does feel like an episode of star trek to a certain extent i mean it's it's you know the the big action sequence at the end is you know a bunch just like two ships like shooting each other and kirk and khan never see each other in person they only see each other through the uh through the view screen Right. Um, and so, like, all of that is very Star Trek. And I think it's done almost in a way to lull us into a sense of security because we as Star Trek fans, we watch this and we're like, oh, I know what this is. This is Star Trek. This is what Star Trek is. Mm-hmm. And so when they pull the rug out from under us, I think it hurts so much more, which is why the preview audiences had such a sour reaction to Spock dying because that's not how Star Trek is supposed to work. Star Trek works where you go you go through the arc and you end up where you started. That's how Star right. Trek works. Right. And, and in this resets. case, right, it resets. And this one didn't reset. And I think that that really threw people. Um, and that's why I think, you know, Nick talked about this a little bit in, in, uh, on Monday's minute, which is like, that's why this is so special. That's why this is the ultimate Star Trek story is because it goes beyond the normal Star Trek story. And that's, I think that's arguably, that's why the motion picture feels so uncinematic, like not visually, obviously, cause it's, 
It's yes. ridiculously cinematic visually. But the story is a TV story that they've turned into a two-hour movie. Whereas this is this is a movie. Like the when when Khan dies, that should be that's the end of the episode. Like you have like a little epilogue scene where everyone's like in the in, you know, the the med bay or whatever, and they're joking around and then it like freeze frame and that's the end of the episode, you know? Like that's yeah. that's how it's supposed to end. And instead we get this bonus bit, and this is the moment where the movie earns itself. Like it earns that it's a movie in this yeah. moment. And uh, to your point there, to that whole, like, you know, Spock dies, it doesn't reset. I think that's one of the things that, and I'm going to jump movies here for a minute, is um, as much as I liked parts of Into Darkness, it was the fact that there was no, it it did reset itself. You know, Kirk Mm -hmm. at the very end, he's, you know, he's the one who sacrifices himself for the ship. And there is no, it's basically like you said. They end up in the med bay, and they're all like, "Hey, he's he's back to you know Kirk," and and they go off on their merry way. There is no, and I think, you know, after you said that, I've, I've come to the conclusion that's why Into Darkness is not one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And well, you know, yeah, I would I would agree, Dave. I, I that the end of that film just killed me because it was just you know so cliche and uh but scott i think you know as as you were describing all that i think that's a that's um it it makes me sad in a way uh mostly i guess for for movie making because because um i don't think you can pull this trick more than once um or maybe you can and i don't know what you know what what your guys thoughts are but you know you're right that this this alternate ending or, or, you know, second ending to the film, uh, is what kills us all. Right. And just, you know, what, mm-hmm. what makes it amazing and it makes us, you know, uh, at least for me. And, um, but yeah, I don't think they could do it again. Uh, I think they, they I think, killing. I think they try in search for Spock by blowing up the enterprise. Well, and, yeah. That's... And that's a, and that's a, you know what? It's admirable. Like it's an admirable, admirable try because, it's a good instinct, like, oh, we're going to show you the adventure where the Enterprise goes up in flames. Like, that's that's a movie-worthy story, in theory. Um, uh, but then the problem is that they then proceed to do it in, like, every movie after that. Right. <laughs> including um, right. the most recent one. Right. Including yeah. the most recent yep. one. Right. And, you know, uh, it, well, when I – the thing I keep coming back to is sort of like the defining – cinematic saga of our age and there's a lot of them uh but uh you know I, you know I, I, when, when we talk about death and we, t- we talk about events and we talk about episodic storytelling versus serialized storytelling you know the, this past year i know it feels like a lot longer than that but believe it or not just a few months ago uh captain america civil war came out um and uh and a lot of people you know there was all kinds of speculation between like you know kids on the playground and kids on like internet chat forums about like oh is Captain America gonna die is Steve right. Rogers gonna die is right. is is Falcon gonna become Captain America is Bucky gonna become Captain America and you know you even if we don't admit it like we go to movies to see the story change dramatically mm-hmm. and and I think that I think when, when we think about the movies of those of that saga that that stick with us it's the ones where those characters do not leave in the same state that we go into them you know like age of ultron is a movie that i i i defend more than i attack but 
you know, I mean, you kind of walk out of that movie going like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, I guess they're in different places, but like, no one's really paid a heavy price, and you know, and and I don't, I don't mean to, I don't, I don't think we're masochistic, uh, masochistic, however you pronounce that word about it, but, <laughs> masochistic, yeah. masochistic, yeah. But I, I think we do kind of want to see our our heroes suffer, if only to see them triumph over it. I mean, you know, think mm-hmm. about the Dark Knight. I mean, like the Dark Knight ends with like, hey, no, Batman's an outlaw now. And you have to deal with that yeah. for like four years. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and you're like, oh, nothing's the same. Or, you know, and, like, you're, and, yeah. and arguably, arguably forever, uh, depending on how you feel about that last movie. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, actually, he gave up after that. He, he, he stopped being bad. He just gave like, up. Yeah. <laughs> for almost a decade. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah. And like, uh, and, and there's a reason that almost nothing about Into Darkness um has any kind of significance when you return to them three years later and watch Star Trek Beyond, you know, because like mm-hmm. there's really nothing to talk about. It's like, OK, well, Kirk mm-hmm. died, but then he didn't. Um, They do. I mean, they do kind of talk about that. But yeah, yeah. And 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 and, and so, yeah, I, I, I think I agree with Scott that the reason this movie is so remembered is because it's you don't leave the theater the same way or those characters do not go out of that adventure the way they came in mm-hmm. great movie guys great yeah, movie. <laughs> great minutes right yes yeah. so i i have to we we've we, we haven't really even gotten to the the heart i mean i mean this is we're leading up to heartbreak right and it's mm-hmm. it started in the last minute or even the minute before i think you could argue and um spock's spock's approach to the glass walking up to kirk and yeah. him walking right into the glass i mean <laughs> just another you know another touch of this you know that it could have just as easily been he could have just walked up and they had this conversation but the, the fact that he walked into the glass is just another reminder another oh no um right. i don't know if they're slowly trying to you know uh get the audience to realize that yeah this is this is yeah. not going to end well but this I is mean, just even, another hint even kurt's reaction to spock's I mean, adds to it when he bounces off. I mean, he just sees, he feels pity, he feels grief. I mean, he's just like, oh, you know, it's like a wound. You see a wounded puppy and you're like, oh, God, I want to help you so much. I feel like that's what's going on with uh, Nimoy's performance here. Because when we see him, when we come into the room um, and we see, we get that shot of Spock for the first time. Uh, Spock is kind of like curled up in the, not in the fetal position, but like just sort of like curled up and looking away. Kind of sleeping lion position. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's more like how animals have that instinct to die alone. Right. Where they, they go and they just find like a, like a dark corner underneath the house. And you're just like, I don't know where my dog went. Then you find them and they had died. And that's what i feel like is going on here including the run into the to the glass because that's another thing like when you have a dog that's dying or a cat that's dying and you start realizing that they're acting weird and then you're like oh something's really wrong right yes yeah yep and that's what that's what this feels like um and i almost wonder if nimoy thought of that while you know choosing how he was going to perform this mm mm-hmm. mhm with Spock being sort of, along with being a friend, kind of one of the final 
totems of Kirk's youth that's still around. Mm. Yeah. I, oh, that's, uh, that's an, yeah, that's interesting too, right? The, he's losing the first, like the, this is the first friend of his peer group, right? That, that is, that is dying. That's another, yeah, just a reminder <laughs> of his own mortality yeah. and things like that. Yeah. 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 By, yeah by in in way. a way, yeah, in a way that's, that's another paying a heavy price. It's like, oh, you get to be captain again, but then you're going to be like re- immediately reminded of your mortality. Mm. Yeah, it's like, uh, by the like, way, like you, you still can't run away from this thing that you're ultimately afraid of more than anything. Right. Right. Um, and then uh, – but I did want to mention directorially, I am not sure that I like that we ever cross the glass with Spock. Like – I kind of feel like this scene – I mean I, I think it works great as is, but I, I wonder if it wouldn't be a more powerful scene if we never crossed the glass, if we just stayed behind the glass with Kirk. Oh, interesting. Mm. That's an interesting right, thought. The, yeah, because this is the only moment where we're on the other side of the glass. Right, and it, it feels like a weird – almost like a cheat to me especially when you see the other side of the glass as we will in the in the next minute like the entire minute is one shot um but that shot is so well executed you know it's 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 really well framed and staged and every like you can see every like details in everyone's performance and so i don't know what the purpose of this shot is when I, I feel – unless the only reason that I could see it is that Nimoy really wanted to do that run into the glass and it only works from this angle because if you do it from the front, it's too comedic maybe. Sure. Right. I, I was thinking this – yeah. I was thinking the same thing, Scott. I'm like, if, yeah, maybe if even if they had coverage in another camera, they might have had camera on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it might have been – it might have provoked a laugh and that is True. not <laughs> – Absolutely right. not what they're going for here. Kind of right. on the Spock-like moment in the character's history. The other thing, though, I think I think that it, it that they might be doing it for is is the reveal of of Spock's face because mm-hmm. um, you get from this angle from from inside the glass you get a kind of hint of oh there's something something doesn't look right there and it's yeah, definitely totally, yeah you know, they flip back and then you, you when totally the camera see flips it, yeah. and then, yeah yeah I I kind of enjoy how. I mean, there is there is a certain amount of dread that that kind of that Meyer lets the audience or makes the audience like churn, you know, where it's like, oh, like, what are we going to see when the camera like pans? Like, is he going to look like the dude from RoboCop? Like how like how much of Spock is yeah. going to be in there? You know, that's always the guy I think of, Nick. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Whenever I look for a comparison, that's the first image i always see is rogue <laughs> oh yeah the the, the the moment the like the most disturbing moment of an uh, entire generation yeah jeez oh, um i feel like the so, the the spock you know i agree with your point about like it would have been a more powerful scene if it had been from the one side of the glass but i feel like yes the reveal of spock you know we sort of get a hint at it but i also a full on Shatner face and his emotions in this, in this one instance of the scene, I feel like just, again, I, throughout the whole movie, I've loved a lot of the facial, you know, Paul Winfield and the the way that they've acted with just their face and not their words. And I feel like in this scene, Kirk does just, Shatner just does a fantastic job of conveying everything we are feeling 
in his face. Like we are horrified, you know, sad, you know, terrified of what is happening right now with Spock and he's expressing all of that emotion and we get it full on straight on, not from the side or, and I feel like in that moment, I feel like as a director, I would want that at least oh, yeah. for one moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's funny you say, I was just thinking how ironic is it? That this is maybe the finest acting in William Shatner's career. And he has like no lines. <laughs> yeah. So I, I had another note. Um, Spock's Spock's voice. You know, the the, the ship out yeah. of danger. Ship and out of danger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, that, and honestly, just, you know what? I when he when as soon as he said that ship out of danger thing, I was like, man, we really missed the opportunity to have Leonard Nimoy play an ape in one of these Dawn of the Planet, one of these Planet of the Apes reboots. Because he would have been amazing. Yeah, he does an awesome job with this, and you know, you can you can tell. I mean. his voice sounds like it's a radiator, you know, his throat is irradiated and ruined. And, mm-hmm. um, it just, yeah, it's again, and, and just another nice touch that you, you didn't have to do that. He could have mm-hmm. just spoken with his normal voice and still gone through all this, but just adding that, um, that ruin now it's, you know, you're seeing in his face, you're hearing in his voice. It's just right. another layer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we get that first shot of, of Spock. It really does seem like he, he was just, I mean, he he wasn't planning on getting up. Like he that like he was gonna die there. Right. Like he had you know chosen his little spot, and he was like, "Well, now it happens." And then Kirk had to show up, and he's like, oh, "Okay, well, back to business." Yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> damn it! Yeah. <laughs> I I saved these notes because I was trying to look for something funny <laughs> in this minute, and it's two things. Okay. Uh, in the in the in beginning of the minute when the camera's on the inside and we're looking at Kirk's reaction, there's a cadet behind him. Oh my God! Um, you totally just I once again you stole another point I was going to make. Oh, man. Please, Dave, t- tell tell us what you were seeing. What is that cadet doing? It's like he's drunk and holding himself up on the pole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was what I noticed too. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's suffering from what Scotty was. He's got some radiation sickness there. Yeah. Uh, but it is a weird choice. <laughs> well, just be swinging back and forth. And I, I guess it's one of those things, obviously we do these minute by minute and we often say like, you know, you notice things and it, it can take you out. And obviously throughout the whole movie, I probably wouldn't focus on it. But when you're watching it again and again and you see it and you, it's there, now I can't unsee it. And in the most pivotal moment of the of the movie – where we get to see Spock and the damage and, you know, the emotions that everyone, it just, oh, it's just, what is going, I'd rather have him just standing there. Is is he like, is he trying to mime weeping? Is that what he's trying to do? Like he's, he's so inconsolable. He's like rocking back and forth on the. Yeah. I, don't I mean, know, because from I the actor's like... perspective, he's like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm in the shot. <laughs> 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 or Spock's dying. I have to do. I have to do something. He's so overwhelmed. Yeah, but then he stops. By the end of the minute, he totally sees Spock, and then stops and just is sort of like, I don't know what he's doing, but he's still sort of shaking back and forth. But he's totally paying attention to the scene now. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, he just wanted he wanted to stand out because all the remember all the other people in the room are just standing there, you know, mm-hmm. stock still and watching. So, right. um, 
So the other thing, the other question I had, and this is, this is semi-serious, is so Spock standing up, straightens out, the, straightens out his uniform <clears throat> and walks over. Um, I can't help but be reminded about every single episode of Next Generation and people tugging on their uniforms. Picard. And Picard, Riker, all of those guys. And I, and I actually wondered, I'm like, do you think that was a conscious thing in Next Generation that um, they were doing that as a callback? Or do you think the guy who designed the costumes made them so they were always riding up and they had to tug down? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't, think, I don't think anyone involved in Next Generation, any of the actors – I don't think any of them really watch Star Trek. No, they. Uh, yeah, I was watching some just recently, actually, some back behind the scenes stuff, and I know a lot of them were like Star Trek. I don't. I don't want to read for. I never watched that show, and right. yeah. But during the to answer your question, Chris, they changed costumes between the second and third season. So mm-hmm. one and two, they had the onesie, you know, the the jumpsuit. <laughs> And then yeah. in the third season is when they changed it to be like the pants and the jacket. So I'm, I wonder if it was just. They didn't know how to deal with wearing a jacket now, and it right. was always just riding up on them. That makes sense. Not- most likely, yeah, most likely that's what it was. Yeah, I think the I think the original series actors really lucked out costume wise. The, the the they always seem like the most comfortable. There's also this moment where Kirk, when he's when he when he shouts for Spock, he like he like comes up to the window, yeah. and then he goes back and and goes to the to the intercom and shouts Spock. And for some reason, the way that he says Spock Spock. doesn't – I feel like it doesn't match – Spock. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't match his performance at all. And so it's got to be ADR, right? I mean – Oh, really? I never – I didn't think that at all. Uh, It doesn't match? I I thought it was him there. Spock. Hmm. Yeah. Spock. So to that point, I, I often wondered when he first gets up to the glass and you sort of see him mouth Spock. I'm wondering mm. if in the background, like Scotty or McCoy, are like uh, you got to push the button. Cap- Captain, you have to you have to press the button. You, have to... you can't hear you, Jim. You can't. They can't hear you in there. It's right there. Press just press the button. <laughs> Which one? This one? The other one? Green one? No, no, the red one. Damn it, that one. There. Mark. Mark. Uh, <laughs> thank you, gentlemen. I needed I needed this laughter at the end. Oh, it's gonna get worse. Um, so Scott, Nick, uh, I, I actually, I don't have any other notes for this minute. Right. Are you guys, how are you guys? That's all I've got. Yeah, I'm good. I, I got to go on my hero's journey tirade, so I'm good. Yeah. Oh, well done. Tirade. Well it, was, done. it was very calm and collected. Um, do you guys have a, uh, do you guys remember either of you remember the first time you saw Rathacon and, uh, you know, did you think, uh, what did you think about the death of Spock the first time you saw it? I don't remember the first time that I saw it because I was raised a Trekkie. Um, like I don't – I can remember the first time that I saw Star Wars because I watched it late because um, my I think my dad was saving it or something until I could truly appreciate it. So I really remember that. But like Star like Trek – yeah, Star Trek. Star Trek was uh, just a part of my life from the day I was born. Like it was just – a constant presence in my life. Uh, I'm sure. pretty sure one of the first movies I ever saw in theaters was, um, I I I want to say it was uh, uh, Final Frontier. I think 
because um, I remember being in the theater for the rocket boots and all that. I mean, and and to be fair for that to that movie, I loved it when I was a kid. <laughs> so, <laughs> sure. so you know, because um, because even still in my mind, one of the most iconic Kirk Spock McCoy moments is the three of them singing "Row, row, row your boat." Your boat. <laughs> It's one it's it's one of the first things I think of when I think of those three characters and it's because I it, it's just one of my earliest like theatrical memories. Mm-hmm. Um but I I don't uh I don't remember the first time that I saw it. I remember I remember the first time that I saw it where you know after like a big break um, where I wasn't really doing anything Star Trek related for a while. And then I was like, I haven't seen these in a while. And I rewatched it. And this scene in particular was just, I mean, it just blew me away. Uh, and and I almost wonder how much this scene, how, how influenced by Amer- uh, Empire Strikes Back this scene was. Like, without Empire Strikes Back, would we have, would the studio have been comfortable having an ending like this? Yeah, that's good. That's a great question. Yeah, great. Now, mm. now I'm seeing. You know, I love you, and I know. Dive <laughs> <laughs> uh, into this one. I, I think that I think the test audiences would have a much different reaction if that had yeah. been the case. Just a quick cut to Scotty and Bones, kind of like, uh. <laughs> we always knew it. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you see McCoy slowly slide like some money into Bones's hand. <laughs> <laughs> that would have validated a lot of fan fiction. Yeah, the, fir- right? the, fir- the first fan fiction, I think, right? Right. Yeah. Nick, how about you? Do you remember a first time seeing? Um... Oh man, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 so. In- I mean, you know, as a, it's so in- it it it's hard to trace it back. I mean, it's kind of like Scott Ward is primordial. I mean, I don't remember ever <laughs> not knowing that that Christ died on the cross. It was just always part of the story, you know. <laughs> right, right. I don't remember ever being like he dies. Like mm-hmm. so, so I think I always, I remember never not knowing that Spock dies in Wrath of Khan, which is kind of unfortunate. But um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, like it's um, I was uh, I kind of came at it, I kind of came to the fandom by way of Next Generation first. Like the first Star Trek thing I ever watched was the first Contact, the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow, okay. Which I still, uh, you know, if, if I really want to antagonize myself to your listeners the first star trek movie i ever saw in theaters was nemesis oh boy um, yeah because oh, i was like oh, I'm gonna have to edit that out i was like oh. <laughs> yeah because i remember being like it's it's the final adventure of a generation i have to watch that i have to see what happens um <laughs> i care about oh, these characters Nick. data and Riker and, and <laughs> data and Riker and other data yeah other data tom Before. hardy yeah <laughs> Ron Perlman as a as an alien. I have to see that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. And but the, uh, since having since gone and as a student of pop culture and science fiction, going in and 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 watching Star Trek because it, it's so available now, which is such a gift, I think, to to younger people. You know that that, that it's on Netflix and what have you. Um, yeah, it's just it really is kind of a special thing that we had. Mm, sorry, uh, that we had Leonard Nimoy as Spock. I mean, it, it, it's it's and the chemistry that he had between Shatner and and Kelly and uh, it, yeah, I mean, it it really is like a seminal, singular 
thing. And I, I think that this scene in this movie is just such a special alignment of, you know, a relationship with these characters that had been going on for 20 years at this point. I, th- I think that's something that's kind mm-hmm. of lost now as like, because you can watch all of it in a month, you, you you forget that people watching it in the theater had had these characters in their hearts for, for decades at that point and shared it with their children, you know? Right. It's weird. It's, it's a crazy thing, Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's well, it's awesome. really it's really incredible that Wrath of Khan works as well as it does, considering it's a you know it's a sequel to an episode of the show. Um, like you you would think that it wouldn't be able to work as a standalone thing because of that, and yet it's it's designed so that it it works. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it's 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 interesting. I I would say you know it's funny because we they've tried to remake. Wrath of Khan twice now. Um, and I think it only worked with First Contact because First Contact ha- was also a sequel to arguably, in that case, arguably the most important episode of Next Generation. Um, and and so that one, you know, it, it, it does the Moby Dick thing and, and it's mm. the, you yep. know, it, it does the whole thing. It does everything that Wrath of Khan does, except that, you know, no one dies at the end. And uh, but it's it's still a similar kind of story about a guy, you know, dealing with his baggage with this other story that you would have had to watch the show to deal with. Um, And then and then, of course, you have Into Darkness, which is not a sequel to anything and doesn't work really at all. But, (laughs) you know, the thing. Yeah, I think the thing with Into Darkness is and we, we talked about this a little bit and I think a lot of people immediately go there to like well it's you know it's the reboots wrath of khan but in mm-hmm. a way it's really the it's really the reboots space seed yeah you know it's the, the bulk of it is space seed um and right. they try to just tack you know they try to tack in the death of you know death of kirk and and and, and squeeze it in near the end but um yeah if kirk, you know, I, if I, have kirk to, had, I have to keep reminding myself of that <laughs> yeah definitely but if kirk had actually died in that story i i think that it would be more fondly remembered just for the the guts of it yes yeah. just like <laughs> they, oh they my it. god wow really like that's that's a, like uh, like imagine star trek beyond where like spock is the captain and because because in that my you know my my argument what i liked about that moment before they took it all back at the end is the idea that spock is so that version of spock is so sort of like up his own butt about protocol and about being a Vulcan and and everything that he's not allowing his friendship with Kirk to flourish. And he's told by, you know, Admiral, uh, Admiral Spock, Ambassador Spock, Ambassador Spock, told by Ambassador Spock, you know, over and over again, Spock Prime, that like you guys are going to be best friends and it's going to be the greatest friendship of all time. And he's just sort of like, yeah, okay, whatever, man. And now he's watching this guy die and he's like, oh, I completely wasted my opportunity to have the greatest friendship in the galaxy because I was too up my own butt with all my Vulcan BS. Yeah, now he's gone. Right, and now he's gone. And I think that, that there is something really tragic in a in a way that only that story could have told that story of like the missed opportunity tragedy. Right, right. Um, that like only that story was capable of telling that tragedy. 
And then they they just they just took it all back by not yeah. not following through and having Kirk actually die. Yeah, and it'd be even more tragic for the audience knowing all the right. potential that this friendship had. You know, right? Um, right. There's a yeah. lot of missed opportunity with that movie. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but triple blood. Uh, but when, okay. when you get to when you guys get to John when you guys get to John Harrison minute, uh, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be a little while, a little while yet. Yeah, and uh, then, still got and what, then and, ten, ten more movies in between, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then unfortunately, really kind of handicaps Beyond because oh yeah, you know when Beyond rolls around, it's like what are they going to do? Not kill Kirk again? You know, um, right? What yeah. they kind of do? Uh, as you know, I, I I say about a movie I really enjoyed, <laughs> but uh, yeah, w- weird, weird, weird movie Into Darkness. And then there's that whole nine eleven is an inside job thing, which wow. <laughs> The less said about that <laughs> aspect of that movie, the better. <laughs> the less said about that aspect of uh, Roberto Orsi's career, the better. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 on that note, guys, let's save that one <laughs> for Into Darkness Minute. Um, but uh, yeah, why don't we wrap this up, guys? Um, Scott and Nick, do you want to share with uh, with the folks listening where they can find you online? Uh, you can find us, uh, we're at, uh, Dueling Genre and at, uh, BTTF Minute, and mm-hmm. I'm at Scott Corelli. Yeah, if you want to tweet me about your memories of Star Trek Nemesis, you can tweet me at Nick M. Jimenez. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And, uh, and yeah, if you guys want to uh, find us online, we're at RathaconMinute.com. We're on Twitter at WOK Minute. And you can join the Rathacon Minute Listener Federation on Facebook and uh, definitely share your favorite Into Darkness moments. Um, and uh, we're going to be back here again on Friday uh, with Minute 99 of Star Trek II here at the Rathacon Minute. Ship out of danger. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't make Chris Pine say that. Like, ship out of danger. <laughs> <laughs>